0: Alright, we're recording. Give me a sound check, bitch. Mic check. One, two, mic check, bitch. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones,
1: and introducing Aaron Hummer.
0: Everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of Blue Yonder. I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Still introducing after all these uh, years. Still, yeah. haven't made it official.
1: 18 months of introduction.
0: That's a long introduction, my friend. This cast were a hot female and months for years it would be legal. <laughs> <You're>...
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I almost got past that joke, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. My work here is done. Uh, you realize we still have an episode that's that's open, that is open-ended. You remember way back in the day? Oh, yeah. It's a big argument we had about yeah. whether or not to end that episode. Yeah. It's still open. The listeners never voted to close it. Actually, you know, we never put the poll up. So it's the immortal so, cast.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good way to keep it open and not put the poll up to end it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, to-do list for tomorrow. Yeah. Remember to do the poll tomorrow. That will be the to-do <laughs> list. It'll never happen. It's ongoing. All right. Anyway, do you have anything to talk about this week? I have a bunch of stuff to talk about. I've got uh, a, th- a couple things. Uh, if you'll recall... I will not recall. Well, we're going to talk about refuse. spoilers. We're going to revisit the spoiler debate and whether they're awesome or not. And then uh, I also have a little sociological, scientific thing. And then we got some big announcements to plow through. Is this going to be like the deleted episode where you perform an experiment live on the air on me? No, that's yeah, I, man. It it hurt that we lost the Jones the Lost Town it's, experience, but it's
1: going to be legendary
0: because we lost it. Yeah, I don't know. It was like the weirdest, most intense <laughs> episode of Jerry Springer that then got yep. hilarious at the end. Yep, uh, yep. So let's get right to it. All right. Um, if you recall back a few casts ago, uh, we were talking about The Wire uh versus Mad Men and breaking bad and i threw out there um that i i knew some big spoilers um that just by listening to some podcasts before i even watched the show dumb and bad move i i got spoiled i said it. i don't think it in it, it, it uh, decreased my enjoyment in fact it kind of enhanced my enjoyment then i can you know i tried to stay completely spoiler free for phantom menace Got fucked up by Lucas <laughs> Film Limited, sure. release of the CD. Uh, I went, spoiler, crazy for episode two. Didn't really enjoy it. Well, then, there's a reason for that. Then I went kind of straight lace for episode three and didn't really enjoy it. Hmm. Turns out all those movies were shit. So it wasn't a good test. But And you said that I was crazy, that seeing things with virgin eyes is better. Well, I found the study on the BBC, so you know it's good. This isn't some American trash journalism. This is the Beeb. They, uh, <laughs> right. Scientists say that uh, spoilers do not run stories. Uh, knowing how a book ends does not ruin its story and can actually enhance enjoyment, A study suggests. Uh, researchers at the University of California, San Diego gave participants 12 short stories where two versions were spoiled and a third was unspoiled. In all but one story, readers said they preferred versions which had spoiling paragraphs written into it. Uh, the study cannot explain it why, but it suggested the brain may find it easier to process a spoiled story. Um, it says one of the scientists, Nicholas Christenfield, said it's sort of as if knowing puts you in a position that gives you certain advantages to understand the plot. And his co-author, Jonathan Lievitt. Added, it could be that once you know how it turns out, you're more comfortable processing the information and can focus on a deeper understanding of the story, which is exactly what no, I no. said. No, Disagree. Jonathan no. can leave it at the door because <laughs> this
1: theory is bullshit. Because with, <laughs> when you go into something unspoiled, you get the opportunity to not only view it unspoiled, but to then go back and view it spoiled. You get two chances – to, to have it make
0: an impression on you. How is that not objectively better? Uh, well, I don't know if it's objectively better, but I will say that a lot of times when I'm and, – and this is for books more than like movies or anything else. Mm-hmm. When I'm reading a book that I've waited for a long time and I just read the – I'll shout out The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher again. Um, I just read the thirteenth book that I had to wait like a couple of months to read. It's like the Wizard Detective, yeah, right? the Wizard Detective in modern day Chicago, and it's a bar. I mean, these things are page turners and they're geek pornography. I was reading this book so fast, skimming does not do it justice. I was, like, jet skiing across the page with my eyeballs because I was just like, this is an interesting plot, description, fuck that. I was just going, I just wanted to see how it ended. Uh And I found that, like, I felt like I was eating a fast food meal. That, like, my brain was becoming uncomfortably Mm. full and stuffed and I couldn't just savor it. Um, compared to, I did a similar experience where I read the Jonathan, um, the Patrick O'Brien series. It's a 20 volume set, set in the 18th century age of Sail, great Britain, wooden ships. Um, anyway, um, I read <laughs> all 20 of those and, and after the first three books, I really caught speed and I just read like one every other day and mm. I loved it. But then I actually went and reread it, uh, when my son was born. Cause if you have a squirming human larva, there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> Besides sit around and And wait for the shit itself, wait for the next feeding and (laughs) shitting opportunity. Yeah, Um, and I'd read these things, and I couldn't believe how much more I got from it, and how much deeper I enjoyed the story, and got some of the motifs and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to this. No,
1: no, it's wrong, man. It's wrong because you don't. If if you go in with spoilers, you never have the opportunity to view it fresh. You never get that opportunity. Okay. I can go I'm, back and get the spoiler opportunity
0: after I viewed it fresh. All I'm saying <laughs> is that people that – okay. I guess all I'm saying is that – It's a good argument. It's hard to argue against what I just said, honestly. Well, okay. <laughs> if you have a choice and you choose to do both of them, that might be the best. Yes But if you could only do One or the other One or the other Okay I would suggest that it's better to be spoiled And then enjoy it Like a fine wine You might be right And, and actually m- What I've said before Doesn't take into the
1: account That you can be spoiled on very specific things But not everything Right Because if you watch it through the first time You're mm. going to be spoiled on everything um, So maybe there's an enhanced enjoyment When you know some plot points But you don't know maybe some big ones
0: yeah. And, and you can follow along a little bit better that way. Like, you get the cliff notes that, the, you know, kind of hits the highlights, and you got a basic familiarity, because that's how I felt sure, about The Sure, except maybe not
1: all of them. Like,
0: I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like, if you knew that Darth Vader was Luke's
1: father, spoiler alert, right? Uh, maybe Empire Strikes Back would be
0: better because you could, like, follow it a little easier. Right. I don't know. Hmm, I don't know. I think that... I've had two – because they almost always say the book's better than the movie. Um, And there's two instances where I've seen the movie and then read the book. Uh, One was Godfather and then most recently Hmm. the Game of Thrones series. Yeah, yeah. And I was amazed at how much more I was able to enjoy the book since I saw the movie first. I knew all the characters. I didn't – because when – we we talked about the wheelbarrow effect. When you (laughs) have this large cast like the Godfather, Mm -hmm. large cast, kind of funny names. Uh, Game of Thrones, large cast, very funny names. Uh-huh. Uh, I had those characters down cold. When I started reading the book, I picked up on every little thing. And then I actually think that's almost the best way to read it. Because the first three episodes of like Game of Thrones, I was mm. lost. Yeah, right. I had. I, I mean, I knew like uh, 006. Stark, yeah. Yeah, I knew who he was, but I didn't know his name. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, I'm like, who is this? And which son? And who's the bastard? And, you know... Why is this guy got the scar on his face and yeah just so uh
1: when you were reading the book afterward did mm-hmm. you just picture those characters in your head yeah. as they look in the series? Yeah. Yeah, I find myself doing that too.
0: Um and it helps out the wheelbarrow quotient so you can oh, really yeah. enjoy it and um you know, whereas I think, I don't know, because Game of Thrones, I'm really impressed with the books, because it reads like Tolkien had an editor. There's like, nah, nah, <laughs> You're nah. You're not putting that song in here, bitch. Seven pages of italic poem, get that shit out of here. Uh, yeah. 55 pages sitting around at a table talking about your ancestors. Come on, page and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just like the high points, and um, but then again, I, I don't know. I mean, The Wheel of Time is my ultimate wheelbarrow. Oh, Waterloo. and Wheel of Time is yeah, yeah serious wheelbarrows. And I almost wonder if someone made a movie out of that. If I could then get into the book and enjoy it, I don't think so. Maybe because he's a he's a Tolkien ripoff whore. Well, that Robert Jordan. Like
1: that's the thing. He he writes in dead, very very flowery language and very
0: detailed. He.
1: He really goes into detail on the bodices of the women, or whatever, like all the clothes they're wearing. He describes down to the fabric. Yeah, It's ridiculous. Plus, I just,
0: yeah, I just, I don't know. So I have no patience for that. Um, but my thing is, a lot of people when they say they get spoiled, they say no. I don't even want to see it anymore. I mean, I've heard people oh. say like, "Oh, well, you just ruined the movie. I'm not even going to watch it anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, study suggests that's not a wise. That's not a high percentage move.
1: Well, I mean. I I don't know. I'm very much into like the startup scene and the whole thing there is the idea means nothing, execution is everything. Yeah. And so having the idea, knowing what happens may not be as good as seeing how it builds up
0: to it, how mm-hmm. it how it gets there, you know? Well, that's interesting because I'm thinking of like two twist movies, um compare like uh What was the M. Night Shyamalan's? The Sixth Sense.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Okay. That one was actually good.
0: Yeah, he made two good movies and everything else went downhill. Uh, Compare (laughs) that with, like, the Blair Witch Project, Mm -hmm. where Blair... And and kind of the other thing was um, Cloverfield. Mm
1: -hmm. Those
0: movies were really intense to watch and a lot of fun and, like, amusement park. But I never want to see either of them again, uh, the Blair Witch Mm. or um, Cloverfield, because... The end of the movie, the reveal, it's like, okay, I'm done. I don't don't want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. Where compared to The Sixth Sense, like, I almost immediately wanted to watch that movie again to see, make sure everything was internally consistent. Same thing with Memento. Mm -hmm. So I think that maybe there's one slight modification to the theory that if you have a movie that depends entirely on the twist, the twist or the journey, that there is nothing there. Inception is surprisingly kind of that way, too. Pretzel depends entirely on the twist. <laughs> and the salt.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. And the okay. nacho cheese dip. You got me. So maybe you could spoil a pretzel, and I'd yeah. still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna maybe taste, rub it's it gonna in your taste underwear like or something. <laughs> it's
0: going to taste like warm, <laughs> salty dough. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so anyway, I thought that was interesting. Any other takes before I move on to the next thing? Nine. none. All right, I have another science Story to drop I'm done. No more science tonight. Uh, a little bit science. Right. um This is an odd article on slash dot christian Christian mingle Christian Bale Christian and single ready for love. No, you're not. You got to wait for marriage. Get that fornicating out of here. What are we talking about? This ad on slash dot. Oh. it's christianmingle.com Find God's match for you. Yeah, what through the a fuck? goddamn website? And it says Christian and single ready for love.
1: No, you're not ready for love. You
0: better put a ring on that finger, boy. <laughs> And look, the the people look like they're 17, don't they? Christian mingle. Uh, Why? Christians aren't meeting on the internet, are they? I don't... Are they allowed on the internet? I don't think so. I mean...
1: I mean, mine was a very sectarian version of Christianity, but... Right? We weren't
0: allowed on the internet. no, No. No, sir. Uh... Okay, we're getting a little off topic. A little. I'm gonna unrail us. So I'm gonna rerail us. Re- <laughs> stay, stay away from me. I'm, our, I'm at the you, gym. <laughs> uh, so scientists discover tipping point for a spread of ideas. The article says uh, scientists at the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute—that's a bullshit name—have uh, found <laughs> that when just 10 percent of the population holds an unshakable belief, their belief will always be adopted by the majority of the society. Fitting that there's a ChristianMingle.com <laughs> ad on the side. <laughs> Yeah, apparently when Jesus was around, there was only um, 120 people, because he got 12 roped in, and boom, <laughs> it just took off from there. The world's population yeah. of 0 BC was 120. We, yes, we've established Jesus that. was the 121st person. Uh, when the number of committed opinion holders is below 10%, there's no visible progress in the spread of ideas. It would literally take the amount of time comparable to the age of the universe for this size group to reach the majority, said the arc. Director Bolshaw Samansky. Now, once, I
1: don't buy this either. Wait, I, I, wait. I think once, s-
0: once that number grows above 10%, the idea spreads like flames. Um, and then they, they copy uh, the paper. This is ridiculous. So he's saying that every idea that has below 10% of the population
1: believing it will never catch on. That's true. How do any
0: ideas, any new ideas, get generated? See, I click through to the paper, and that's the brilliant part. If you have a revolutionary idea, you start with ten people.
1: Ten what? And you yeah. tell and you one. You have an
0: unshakable factual belief in something, and you get those. You, you hang out with a group of ten people, and, you, and eventually that whole group will come to your way of thinking because you're the one, the ten percent. Yes, and then you go and you find hundred people, and you guess. that's how ideas spread. And actually, that's probably the way Christianity did spread. Sure, I that's it's the word that of there mouth was Principle. Twelve apostles. Yeah. So I, I thought this was – this, like, set my mind on fire. Like, we're doing this wrong putting this cast out on the internet. We need to go round up, like, ten uh-huh. bums on the circle of Indianapolis with a megaphone uh-huh. and, like, preach Blue Yonder at them. And then once they're, like, can't get – you know, they've, like, uh uh quit, quit the meth and quit the smack. They come on to Blue Yonder. Then we go and we roll to a cafeteria or a soup kitchen. And we get them all, like, you know, that's the, <laughs> I'm the still catch not buying there. It. I'm still not buying it. How can you not buy it? It's research. What's your fundamental Be- problem? That seems right to me. Like, I've seen it in boardrooms. Um, I've seen it in companies. I mean, there's definitely a 10%
1: rule on just about everything. Like, 10% of the people who...
0: I don't know, watch a television show, we'll read articles on the internet about
1: it, or whatever. There's that
0: that principle. I like the whole marketing thing. That every level mm-hmm. of involvement, you lose 10% of the population. Exactly, yeah. Because they're not that committed.
1: Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, you, you couldn't just go to 10 people, or to 9 people, because you'd have to be the 10th. You couldn't just go to 10 people and say, hey, I'm great, here's my idea. And they would all start to believe it. Because... It says it catches on, like, wildfire. Not that everyone believes it, just that the majority believe it, right? Right. So then you would have to take the, let's say, six people... Right. ...who believe you, and take them to groups of ten, individually... Right. ...and have them say it until you get the six people from each of theirs, so you'd end up with, like, somewhere in the realm of 60-something people. I know! It's brilliant! And then you go to 600 people, and you get part of them. I... I don't buy it, man. Look, I don't this, buy it.
0: This explains, like, multi-level marketing, mm-hmm. why that works. Because half the people that are multi-level marketing didn't want to be. They're just, like, not forceful enough to say you're, bull- you're to your friend, you're, you're, your idea is full of shit, and I'm not going to waste money on this. It explains I cults. think this is a social experiment. political parties. I mean, think about, like, you know, why did Charles Manson get a small group of people to do this Helter Skelter race war murderer murder nonsense it's because mm-hmm. he started with a small group and there was you know think about like in any given population you got above average willpower below average willpower all you need to get is one single person with a strong opinion and the the ones that don't resist them are going to eventually go along with it and then they're the majority i don't know man i don't
1: buy it mm. i think what's happening here is this guy is trying to get 10 percent of the people to believe his idea <laughs> <laughs> so that it'll only come back <laughs> Uh, well,
0: it'd be interesting cause we've, um, see, we're screwed up. Our, our audience size is like around, you know, low hundred. Mm-hmm. So we would need 10 people casting and that would be a mess. <laughs> no, we need, I don't know how it works
1: in the podcasting arena because you're broadcasting the entire internet. You'll never get 10% of them.
0: That, uh, it's so
1: freaking hard to get 10% of anything on the yeah, internet.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. I'm just so, saying that maybe maybe we need to drive some, some people away. If we try to build up an audience, we need to bust <laughs> it back down to ten uh, and start all over. Mm-hmm. And like take it serious, you know, get our get our A Ron Hubbard faces on and our Jim Jones drink the Kool-Aid faces on and take this thing over. Have you ever heard of the Overton window? No. Um that is the it's like a political philosophy that says, and Jesse probably is going to be all over this because I think he's all, there, there he's some, all upon history and politics. By the way,
1: there are some some terrible pedophile
0: jokes to be made there, and the I'm not going to make them. The over ten window, yes. Oh no, over ten, over time <laughs> Oh oh that, okay. Then you got a bunch of fat girl jokes you can make. The over ten oh, window, overton, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they basically say if you've got. A given, like, like say, you there's a a accepted belief that homosexuality is wrong, and you hold a opinion that is outside of that majority viewpoint. Let's say you want to make homosexuals suffer the death penalty, um, or let's say you're on the other f- uh, side of the spectrum, hopefully, and you're saying you want to give gay people equal rights. You can't just go in to the majority and say, "Give us equal rights," or "We should stone the the, the homos." You have to actually identify what the baby step is, mm-hmm. and then go like two steps further from that. Well, but it's not clear, to your ultimate goal, goal. The baby step is assless chaps. I mean, <laughs> it's obvious, right? Well, maybe it's maybe it's um, you know decriminalizing sodomy back way back in the day. So they okay. You know, I would have thought that would have been done already. It but has. I'm I'm saying. But I'm okay. Saying like, okay. So gotcha. basically, it's like the only way you can shift it is you have to um you 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 have you you have to have a sizable population that's agitating for like one n- nudge over, but you also have to have a radical element that's actually propagating the um, end result. Like, say you want to have gay marriage uh, and gay equality. Yeah. So what happens is. The people they're agitating on the one side of the window seem reasonable by comparison, yeah, and yeah. the population window shifts over to them. Hmm. Eventually. I wonder if that's what the Tea Party's all about, dude. I'm telling <laughs> you, like sometimes I read these theories, and it's like I look at what goes on in this nation, and I'm mm. like, yes, we're all a bunch of programmable <laughs> bots. Uh-huh. We are just um, Turing machines that data goes in and data comes out, and it's impossible to change anyone's ideas. You can only change a groups' ideas. And we're all fucked. So, hmm. um, I thought those were two interesting science y things. Yeah. Now, if 10% of the people listen to us, <laughs> we'll have them all. Uh, I'll post that in show notes. Uh, you want to talk about announcements? I want more science. More I'm on science? board with the science now. Well, you got any more science? Well, let's call it Bill Nye. Think hey,
1: he's can in I, can I recommend a podcast real quick? Yes, please do. A science based podcast. And you can second one if you'd like. <laughs> Fan fucking tastic podcast. Mm hmm. The best, maybe the best podcast I've ever heard, wow. is by Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's called Star Talk Radio. didn't he bite a guy's ear off? <laughs> no, no, no. Unless Rump it was Tyson? in space. Okay, I don't know. Who? No, Neil deGrasse Tyson is basically the next Carl Sagan. Really? He's like the guy on the forefront of promoting science. And astronomy. Wait, and is this
0: the guy that we tried to interview and he blew us off?
1: No, 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 no. That's like us fuck him in his podcast. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that guy's project is pretty cool. It's Carl Sagan no, put to no. a whole bunch of music. Too yeah.
0: cool for blue yonder, apparently.
1: Apparently so. Um, <laughs> but no, Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast called Star Talk Radio. Fantastic. He has people like. Um, Nichelle Nichols, who's played Lieutenant Uhura oh, yeah. in Star Trek. Sexy. Um he has all sorts of scientists on there and they talk about almost pop culture science, um, but stuff stuff that is a little bit more mainstream. But he also talks about things that are definitely not mainstream in a way that people can understand. And that's where I would compare him to Carl Sagan. Oh, yeah. Is he just he can he has this natural ability to explain really complicated stuff to people who are not prepared to understand really complicated stuff.
0: Right? Is he like, you know, break it down in slices of apple pie? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> He's got his fingers in all those pies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good pie to be, have your fingers in. Billions and billions of pies. All right. Good recommendation. Uh, anything else before we get into our announcements? No. No. Um, boy, this is kind of like a, a sad announcement, but we, uh, Jim and I, Gemini, We're like your parents, and we're sitting you down, and we're saying- i got you trained. <laughs> you pause for it. I know, I know. Um, very Pavlonian. We could talk about that for a little bit. But we're like, we're going to be like mommy and daddy, and we're going to sit you down on the couch, and we're going to say, it's not that we don't love you, but we're splitting up, and we're going to live in separate houses. So you have two families now. <laughs> Actually, but we just moved into the same house, which is
1: totally <laughs> Much opposite. Much better, and we're yeah. leaving
0: you behind. Um, all this we're leaving to say, you in a house on your own. All this to say is that we are not going to do Blue Yonder past PAX Prime Seattle 2011. Wait, why didn't you tell me about this? This was your idea, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. All right. And then okay. we can kind of like reminisce about the cast. Yeah. Um. So we have started a new cast. We've been doing Blue Yonder for, as we said, 18 months. Um, and we've gotten what I think is respectable uh, traffic levels. We've gotten no traction. No. Zero, no, none, no, no, no. not we respectable have, in the least. We have gotten respectable traffic no. for, for what we are, and uh, we've, we've had a lot of doors open. We've gotten interviews some cool people. Uh, thanks go out to Steve Jackson. Uh, got Michael, to hang out with some cool people. Michael Brewer uh, was yeah. very generous hang with us. With Ian Samuel. Uh, the, I'm very proud of the DOJ lawyer interview. Come on, we got to shout out the PA guys,
1: man. Uh, that's what I, I was building them, saying
0: the goddamn best or last. <laughs> Eric and <laughs> right. Jesse of Personal Arrogance have been so cool to us. Um, you know, we got to hang out for the first time at PAX East. Um, they've given us really good shout-outs. They've um,
1: introduced us to a lot of cool gaming yes we didn't even like, know existed
0: they we thought we were thought we grew out of board gaming because they're all bullshit uh, risk and axis and allies clones right? and they introduced us to euro gaming which i thought was pretty dumb like i thought i heard euro gaming and i'm per- thinking before, a bunch of mincing yeah. french guys going <laughs> and surrendering to each other and to be fair i mean
1: what, you're transporting slaves, you're growing crops. Yeah. Like,
0: shit's a little dumb sometimes. Sometimes it gets a little yeah. uh, culturally insensitive, maybe. But the game itself. I mean, th- these people developing this game 60 years ago ra- thought it was a good idea to round up a bunch of Jews and gas them. So you got to cut them some slack. Making <laughs> a right. game about slavery in Cuba, that's the least of their sins. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, they've always been very cool to us. Uh, PersonalArrogance.com. Uh, which you can still get to by going to pa.baldmove.com. <laughs> pa. Uh, dot code or dot dot com i got i'm getting our projects mixed up yep um and uh Jesse actually has a new show that he's doing with another a new co-host he's uh he's seeing someone on the side um and it's called um uh you're oh. doing it wrong. Yeah, YDIW. Yeah. And it's, it's very, the, like I said, if you like Blue Yonder, I'm confident that it's a little bit of a flavor change. It's a little bit like going from a hoppy IPA to a, or actually, I think <laughs> they're the hoppy IPA. Oh, yeah. We're the rich yeah. malty porter. We're the porter or the stout. Um, And it's, yeah. it's a little bit, so you'll have a little bit of a taste bud change, but I really want to recommend anyone that wants to stay to, uh, into like funny, lighthearted, General geekery, pop culture stuff. Check out their cast. I it's mean, an acquired taste. They've converted me to uh, from from bitter enemies to uh friends and uh to <laughs> weekly listens. <I> mean, <laughs> and, not, they're a honestly, weekly listen for me now.
1: And let's let's say this honestly. At first, you didn't like them. I, I started no. listening at episode one. I was there at the beginning, well, and shit. I said, "Hey, if Aaron, I came into
0: us at episode one, I'd hate the cast." Right, right. There was Our episode few... one was terrible. Right, but uh, there were some moments of greatness. The predator, the catch yeah. a predator riff was really yep, good from yep. the get go.
1: And I'll tell you what, their new one is really good. Oh. This week's episode, really funny. I
0: thought, like, when he was, uh, I, like, I even get to the point where I giggle about um, when because they do a beer tasting at the beginning of each cast, uh. and like two weeks ago. <laughs> Um, Eric was trying I think a new like it was called like punch to the face IPA or something. Okay. And Jesse's description of his first taste he was like you know his blood is shooting out of his ears. <laughs> Bats oh, are yeah. flying out of his dick. Yeah. I like not many times do I laugh out loud at something when I'm working but I yeah. lolled big time at that. I got a couple laws this week so yeah. check that out. Um, so they're a great show. Um, we're actually going to I hope if everything if they, they'll still have us now that we're not um, big in the geek podcasting thing um, that uh, we're going to do a final kind of combo show cast with them out at uh, PAX Prime. Yeah. Uh, and pass the torch, even though their torch is bigger and brighter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll add our puny little torch to their big, brighter torch. Yeah, hopefully. Torch and we, make it brighter. Right. Um, now the reason we're stopping this is not because we've not, we don't love podcasting. Oh, hell um, no. Um, we actually started podcasting. eight weeks ago and we talked about this on, on, you know, as our network kind of grew and we've got, uh, um, you yeah, know, we got to thank Peter too. Because sure. this cast yeah. started, there are three friends. Jim is moving to Chicago, and we were kind of afraid that we would kind of lose touch. And Jim – I think Jim and I went to – it's funny because pers- <laughs> personally, arrogance was born out of PAX, and so was our mm-hmm. cast because yep. we decided, like, you know, we were doing some PAX planning. Like, you know, we ought to do another podcast because you and uh, Peter did one way back when. So we decided to do this. And, like, Peter's gone on, and now he's got one with uh, the Don Staffa, Power Play, <clears throat> which you can find at powerplay.baldmove.com. Um given birth to an amazingly pulp show um Jim. which is also
1: dead it's uh, yeah it's, it's defunct it's, it's actually
0: yeah. i think it's in need of a new co-host it he is, wants yeah. to do it again but the other co-host and he can't do it. it's, it's so hard to do a solo show right it's impo- i wouldn't even try it yeah you have to have a personality that burns like fire to carry off a one-man show like that yeah um and Jim with his Jonestown Jams, which are surprisingly popular. Which is
1: also defunct. I'm probably not going to do those uh, anymore. <laughs> you'll probably do
0: one every once in a while. Yeah,
1: one I one. do them once every, like, few months. You make the big uh, Amazon ad
0: bucks, is what you do.
1: Oh, yeah. Raking in the no.
0: Yeah. Raking in the no. You got, like, 60 cents? I think off I made 60 cents.
1: Yeah. Somebody went and bought some tracks. So
0: thank you, whoever that was. Um,. But it's not that we're stopping podcasting. We actually started um, eight weeks ago Breaking Good, a Breaking Bad podcast, and that has been a hit from the get-go. We are doing 20 to uh, 30 times the traffic that we did on our highest episode of Blue Yonder in the first day of releasing this cast.
1: Right. It's a little discouraging to see your puny little cast over here doing nothing. And then your other cast doing great. You're not going to continue doing the
0: nothing. Well, we basically tripled our Facebook followers mm-hmm. in one month that it took us 18 months to get. Right. We, uh, you know, I don't know how many times you can uh, – we were like eight times the iTunes reviews. We made new and notable. Yeah. We got the new yeah. and notable on the TV and film section uh, and got number one. Yeah. Uh, we're the number one hit on Google if you search ba- Breaking Bad Podcast. We are really banging this shit out and – um, Jim has this rare affliction that if he's doing two things and one of them is successful, he doesn't want to do the other thing anymore. Why would I continue to do something that's unsuccessful? That's my it's argument. Fun, and we're not meeting. Like, are we going to meet cool guys like Eric and Jesse doing Breaking Bad? I mean, we're gonna oh meet, yeah, there's a dime a dozen, we're man, meet meth heads. <laughs> <laughs> and crack whores. Uh-huh. And uh, like tons of bald DEA people. A agents. Tons of bald people. <laughs> right. But nobody cool like Eric and Jesse.
1: Uh, you might be right. No, our Breaking Good listeners are cool. Right. They're just cool in a different way.
0: Yeah. I just hope, yeah, I hope that we don't lose touch with the personal arrogance because I'm going to still listen to their ass every week. Oh, and I want to give them feedback and I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let them quit me, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have one guaranteed listener every week that's right two two both yeah, of us both of us um so Can i just say though no, wait uh, I, I just i don't want everybody to shut the podcast off and and, and, and that's sorry what i was yet. gonna say we're yep. not done with this show quite yet because we've got in mind we want to see this thing through mm-hmm. um an old power play tradition is to have list of seven mm-hmm. our 77th podcast will be the final blue yonder and we're going to do a final State of the Geek. And I actually got a lot of thoughts. I'm going to put a lot of time into it. It's going to be at least five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Jim will be asleep. I will be. Uh, I his will head be. will be on the keyboard. Um, but so we got that next week. And the, that weekend is packed, which we'll do the Personal Arrogance guys. Maybe the list repost it or we'll definitely right. point people to – to hear it on their site if they don't fucking delete it. So you've got at least two more hours of us. Right. To and to. if you like good TV, if you're a fan of breaking bad, join mm-hmm. us over breaking good. Because uh, the other thing is moves.com.
1: we do plan to start doing other podcasts, like yes. you said.
0: Yes, we're going to start A Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a very good friend of, uh, two good friends of mine that are doing a Jersey Shore cast. <laughs> that if you like Jersey Shore at all, is hilarious. Yeah, this dude is fucking hilarious. He so. is like, it's like someone did nine lines of coke and got into the booth and just started <laughs> spitting fire. Yep. It's a force of nature. I think uh, if, you, if you like Jersey Shore, you'll like that cast. Uh, God knows that everybody likes Jersey Shore um i'm trying to find a co-host for a terra nova podcast honestly yeah
1: so if anybody wants to be my co-host and can record high quality audio that's the key though you've got to be able to record high quality audio because we do not put out inferior product here
0: i'm sorry i'm gonna mute jim for a minute before you take this uh Podcasting offered. No, that Jim is a fucking hey, asshole to work hey, with, man. He is. Me, man. He like fucking editor shit out, and he demands to be me. the funniest guy and all that stuff. So just you know, buyer beware. Uh, anyway, come, here. Back, uh, oh, come back, come back in here, Jim. Hey, hey, hey. Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad about Blue Yonder cause the fire's not out of me yet. I wish I could talk about weekly geekly stuff, but, uh, I am not going to do it alone. <laughs> uh, so, and honestly, you know, I could probably only keep Bald Move go or Blue Yonder going rather. Um, you know, even with Jim's involvement for a couple more months and then I've got, I'm going to do a. Right. We're gonna do the Walking Dead cast, the Mad Men cast, Game the Game Thrones. of Thrones. I mean mm-hmm. it's it it would have to be squeezed out eventually. Hell on Wheels is a
1: new series. So think about doing. Yeah, so I mean I had a ton of fun doing Blue Yonder. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna have a ton of fun the next two weeks doing Blue Yonder. But some at some point you just have to move on and build on your successes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um do you have anything um what are some of her Do you want to talk about, like, like favorite moments in the last... Highlights? Since, since, since we did... We got another half year since we did the Episode 50 um, mm, Mega true. Super Saiyan cast.
1: Oh, uh, wow. Favorite moments. I don't know, man. Um, it's all kind of a blur
0: to me. I'm just... Uh... Well, I do want to. Um, it's so funny because we tried to get everybody on the forums and it never took off, and now right. we got like the breaking the Breaking Bad cast and people <laughs> are using the forums, and we don't and we're, we're ignoring we, the shit. We're like it. the uh, god that turned us back on the universe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we created you That's and now right, you're Get the
0: fuck out, bending <laughs> for yourselves. Um, but I want to give a, call, a shout out to some of our forum members and some of our original fans. You know, we we're talking Hell about yeah. the people that participated, but definitely want to thank Sustafa you know you were always there with your staff as corner with your participation you kept us going for so long uh ri- uh oh god Ryu Shizaki no Ryu Shikazi. Ryu Shikazi. um Another old-time listener back from um, when we did it on the old uh, Hiroko site. He actually was one of the original nine forum members. And you
1: can still find that feed on the internet (laughs) on iTunes.
0: Um, Darth Paxus uh, that we got from uh, com from uh, doing... Star Wars vs. Star Trek. Yep, the Star Wars uh, cast. Um, Levi Jeans. Which is which Levi, we, uh, our good yeah. friend Levi, with the Personal Arrogance crew. Seattle Wine Snob, which to this day I'm convinced is... Uh, a Seattle Wine Snob. <laughs> Eric or Jesse shining us on about something. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, thank you. And, um, I also want to give a special shout-out to um, Aaron Muncy from Chicago, who was a uh, oh. listener that we just picked out of nowhere. and uh um, came out of nowhere and said hi to us on Facebook one day, and was a really cool guy. Um yeah. like I said, was had a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure we have. I mean, the traffic suggests we have more listeners than that. Um, if you want to send us in an email uh, this next week to give us like your favorite moment or a final thought for the show, we will take however long it takes to read that on the air because um, we want to do the last one upright.
1: We should do the 24 hour cast. The for 20, our last yeah. cast.
0: Right. To get the shit going with the we child's should. play. We really should. Um <laughs> I tell you what, for every piece of feedback we get, we'll do an hour of podcasting. I will match five I will put I will kick in five dollars of child's play up to five hundred dollars. Whoa. So if a hundred people write into this damn cast hmm. and give us feedback or tell us what they like or just say hi, Jim and Aaron, I will donate to child play.
1: For a good cause, here's what I'll do. <laughs> I will go and register... A hundred Hotmail accounts, <laughs>
0: and I will send a hundred emails to us Nigerian scam emails, <laughs> and then whatever you make off of that, straight to child's play. No, no, no. Oh, you
1: said you're donating five dollars for each oh, email you we ass. get. No, yeah,
0: show hosts don't count. Ah, uh, well, you wouldn't know they're they're anonymous. Yeah, I'd know that. You'd have to you'd have to get like a Russian botnet. Was, uh, a Hotmail account wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm smarter than that. I'd
1: mix it up. I'd do some Yahoo accounts. Okay. I'd do some Yahoo and some. I'd go
0: back to. Uh, Juno. I'd get some Juno accounts, man. Right. So, anyway, like I said, thanks. Um, The other thing is, uh, Mad Brew is actually going to do the Game of Thrones cast with me.
1: Yeah, that's kind of cool. So
0: there again, another alliance made uh, over Blue Yonder. So, um, also, Gen Con has poisoned the podcast. All this went down Gen Con weekend. So it strangled Blue Yonder in its cradle. Did it really? Yeah, PAX brought us into the world. Gen Con took us (laughs) out. (laughs) That says everything you need to say about all the cons, right? It really does. It honestly
1: does. Gen Con, I didn't get to talk about this last week because I wasn't here. Give us your take. Gen Con is a fucking money grab. Yes. Gen Con is open your wallets and dump them on the floor. Yes. We will sweep up the cash. That is certainly a valid first impression. I don't think it's... It's horseshit, man. I didn't like it at (laughs) all. I had almost no fun at Gen Con. Oh, wow. You didn't like to play any of those cool free games, new games? Let's see. Like That I, was it, man. Am I going to do that for four days?
0: Well, I mean, there's like... Uh, I, I think that that's, a, that's everyone's first impression of Gen Con. Then you find <laughs> out the cool stuff that you can do. Like, for example, we just found the table and sat down and started playing Bang. And soon mm-hmm. we had a seven-player game with people didn't even know. Played like a ages three to six lego game too <laughs> yeah that was a little rough <laughs> a little
1: ridiculous um, uh no i did go to a couple free panels that right. were on like publishing games and what people were looking for for games because we do have a game that we're working
0: on and how cool is it that the the the, the guy running the demo of the game is the game designer Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you that's are in, cool. if, okay, if you're into board games or card games and you have um, a desire to manufacture them, mm-hmm. going there, because you can just rub elbows with these designers and they're really cool. And that's one of the things that these workshops will tell you is just go up to these guys and pitch them your game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, like it better be freaking cool because they want to work on their games, but, you know, they'll, they, they like games and they'll maybe even sit down and play. A game. Um, there's certainly smaller development houses that are starved for people to come talk to. That mm-hmm. would, I'm sure, you know, uh, give you the time of day on that kind of stuff. So, like I said, are you going to now? Are you going to go next year? I don't know, honestly, because for $65, I don't think I'll never not go. As long as it's in Indianapolis, I would not drive. I would not fly I would not drive would not... to Chicago I might go to Chicago if I could stay with someone for free uh-huh. But I would not pay hotel room I would not fly for Gen Con yeah. PAX, I am th- th- doing all those things now, I The most
1: things. fun I had at Gen Con Was sitting around playing games with my normal gaming group Right. And what the fuck I can do that at home
0: for free, not $65 But do we? Do, we, do, do you yeah. devote four hours to it?
1: Yes, we
0: have. The other thing a is, if, if you're into RPGing, because did you at least get that, that walking through that game hall, there was a GM at every one of those tables, and there had to be hundreds of them. Yeah. They are yeah. G- guys from Wizards of the Coast that will run a campaign, so you just sit there and play. You don't have to find some asshole to GM for you. That's true. So if you're big in RPGs and like really weird RPGs um, that you almost never get to play because no one knows and has rule books, Gen is also good. But yeah, I think you're not a good fit for it.
1: I'm really not, because I'm not big into fantasy, and fantasy is a big element. I'm not mm-hmm. big into RPGs. RPGs is
0: a huge element there. Um, so. so anyway, um, that's all I got. Like I said, it's kind of a bittersweet note to end on, but please send us feedback. Uh, we'll do a little bit of reminiscing, do a state, a final state of the geek, and we'll do a little bit of maybe Penny Arcade Expo 2011 Seattle um, excitement, and mm, uh, yeah. then we'll kick. Uh, we'll, we'll officially... Um, kill yonder at packs, I guess. So <laughs> all right, uh, that's all I got. That's all I've got too. All right, so stick this with is us. The for penultimate. The, for the, with yeah. that
1: said, coming up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I got to make it grand. I feel. I feel like I've got. I need to go old, maybe old school
0: I... with it get about just about gonna do.
1: <laughs> now I'll save that one for the last episode. Okay. Alright. This one, I'm just gonna say. With that said. Until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron
0: Hubbard. Ciao.